You're listening to Consolidate That. Good morning and welcome to Consolidate That. Ivan, I'm excited to talk to you today. Likewise, uh, we have a special guest today. Yeah, I know you've got your personal executive coach who I'm excited to learn from. I know you've you've got a lot of great insights here, so I'll let you introduce Stuart. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm Ivan Zach. Super excited about our guest today. So Stuart Pollard is well, as Ryan said, he's my executive coach. But the reason why I invited Stuart is because he has a tremendous experience in the corporate management and in coaching that followed the, his career. So he is an engineer by trade. I guess he's his uh, first education and second in mechanical engineering, and then he proceeded to MBA in global management, and then from there he became an executive coach and the certified change management professional. Professionally, he worked in Goodrich Landing Gear as a production control manager, then proceeded to Honeywell, where he was Six Sigma Plus leader, and then he had a successful career at GD Irving, where he was a director of organizational development. And now Stuart is running his own company, and he is an executive coach and teaching people like me to become better leaders. So Stuart, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for finding the time. Thank you, gentlemen, for the invitation and the opportunity. So Stuart, I want to just a bit of a history. I just want to understand when we met, I was very curious about your career path because you're, you've been at a very high roles at very large organizations and you build up your career from the engineer and then to people leader and then to executive in the, in the very large organization, the biggest organization in New Brunswick where we live. And then you switch completely to the sort of individual contribution to your own career path. How does one growth within that sort of one career ladder and then makes that switch? That was a little surprising to me. If you can give us a little bit of a background to that. Yeah, I think I've always had an entrepreneurial slant. My parents, my grandparents, almost everybody I know worked for themselves. And so I was the oddball going and working in, in corporate roles and always through that journey, you know, and it was, it was almost an accidental journey. If you look at how a, an engineer in aerospace ends up being an HR leader and then an executive coach, it just doesn't make sense, but it was a series of good accidental decisions. And each time it kept bringing me closer and closer and closer to realizing, you know what, I'm more entrepreneurial. I need to own this. It it, it has to be mine. And you know, we're here, we're going to talk about some some stuff about purpose today. And it, it, it was really when I discovered my own purpose, what I wanted to do, this was the only way to achieve it in my, in my, my eyes. So I made the jump at 45. I know that I could probably sit here all day and geek out with you just telling me about landing gears on airplanes, just because those blow my mind, which I know is some of that background you have. But I think we'll we'll probably get some more information that's that's more useful for people. Although, if you want to talk about the size of the the tires on airplanes, I'm good. I'm good. We could spend thirty minutes there. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably do the same. That's still my <laughs> still aerospace. So you know, I'll probably come out with a metaphor or something at some point that relates back to it. perfect. There you go. But the the topic that we wanted to pick on today is basically the importance of purpose and leadership. And Sarah, we had a very long discussion and then we had some action plans that we implemented actually at VIS with your help. And we had a transformative change since we implemented those. And it was all around the purpose. And so I wanted to open up the topic of how do you 
define the purpose and how do you incorporate purpose into the organization to define the culture? So, so what are the examples that you've seen and why purpose is so important in the culture formation in the organization? So finding purpose, I think, is, is one of those that, that can end up for some being a, a lifetime journey. It's not a topic that we, we talk about in school. It's not something that anyone really interviews you on or expects you to know. And the majority of people go into an organization and, you know, they have their values and they work a job. And hopefully through that, that journey somewhere, a leader who is clear on purpose establishes that and, and helps them discover how important it is to be committed and inspired to something beyond the job. And so when I'm thinking about purpose and, you know, I, I draw a lot of, of my thoughts and ideas from other thought leaders as well, whether it's Simon Sinek or uh, Kuzis and Posner or these other authors. Sinek says, you know, it's the difference between manipulation and, and inspiration. Oh, I like that. I often say it's the difference between compliance and commitment. So when I understand purpose, I'm not just complying with a job and the, and the policies and the procedures. I'm actually committed to the end goal and the vision of that, that organization or the leader I work for. In some cases, those are not the same thing. Working in the big organizations, what I noticed is the purpose got lost over the years. The organization's purpose got lost. It just became sell stuff and make money. And unfortunately, a lot of leaders followed that. And I'd say, what's the purpose of the organization? To make money. And in the midst of that, I did a lot of work in Lean and Six Sigma and Lean Enterprise Institute and, and John Womack. They define it a little bit more and they say, it's about solving a customer problem. That's the purpose of an organization. And I think as entrepreneurs, that's what we're trying to do as well. We have a passion and it's taking that passion and linking it to solving a customer's problem. That's where the business actually comes from. So that's very interesting. One thing that I keep reading in, you know, in literature and, and we had this, this discussion is that purpose is not the passion. So passion is something that you have yourself and you're passionate about things. Purpose is something bigger than yourself. It's outside of you, but it's a it's a bigger and better thing that you want to accomplish in this life, which could be a part of something useful for this planet. And how do you bring that into the organization and give, let's say, your purpose to another person? How does that happen in an organization and how do you define it? Because I think that our industry, and we're talking specifically about the roll-ups in the veterinary domain, that there's a big incentive financially to create these roll-ups. They're combining multiple clinics that they buy into one organization, they, you know, they get multiple on it, and then they execute on the investor's value creation plan. But how do you create the purpose behind it? And as you buy businesses, unite people culture by having the purpose for that organization. So I think one, it takes a lot of introspection to think about why am I truly doing this? And, you know, honestly, in some cases, the organization's sole purpose is just to make money. And that's unfortunate because that doesn't resonate a lot with the employees, <laughs> right? Yeah. But for yeah. me, you know, purpose lives in stories. And I think that's where our aha came from in our engagement is the stories we tell as leaders where our passion comes through, that really starts to, to, to point us in, a, in the direction of our purpose. When you have a passion and then your skills and the opportunities all land in the same spot and you hit that point where it's not even work anymore, I think that's when you've discovered your purpose. 
you know, I go back to, to my background, that weird journey. And I didn't know my purpose when I was 20 or 25. And, and most of my bosses didn't know theirs. But I knew there was something more that I was looking for. And so at each turn, when I took a, a, an opportunity, whether it was in continuous improvement, I had a bit of an aha because when you're doing continuous improvement, it's all about defining the right problem. Well, you know what? That's a why. That's a purpose for a project or a purpose for an improvement. When I went into change management, we talk aware, awareness of need. Why are we changing and why now? You know, when we go into coaching, we talk about establishing the contract with the client. What do we want to accomplish in this conversation or this engagement? Each time we start, most of our businesses, most of our roles start with purpose in a way, right? We ask questions that are trying to establish the why. I just think as leaders, we don't introspect enough and, and say, okay, what's my why? What do I really want to accomplish here with my limited time? So it's interesting that you're talking about when you were 20, 25, and then the group that was right above you. And Ivan is always talking about the millennial generation. And a lot of the veterinarians that are coming out are of that generation or even the next following generation. And there's sort of this push and a lot of conversation that people have around the large tech companies of work the amount that you're getting paid for because it's a big company. And the big company is they're not your family. They're not there to take care of you. They're not there to coddle you. They're going to push you till till the breaking point, and that's what they're getting. And so I think there's some pushback from the other generations of it's not the generation of working for 50 years for IBM that my parents had. It's sort of that different view. How should that group of people look to their executive teams, and how should the consolidation groups put together a purpose that makes sense for for that younger generation that's being told wait, your parents are saying, don't go after and don't sell yourself to this company. Do what your passion pushes you to or do, find your purpose. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I think, you know, as, gen, as a Gen Xer, I think we were the first generation to have that kind of, I'll call it questionable loyalty, <laughs> where we saw downsizing. And as, as Simon Sinek says, companies balancing the books with human lives. That's maybe partly what, what's driven this. We think about those those executive teams, the executive teams are of a generation or two higher. I always talk to leaders saying it's not the, the employees that have to change their approach. There's 10,000 of them and there's one of you. Who's got the easiest change to make here, right? So I love the question because a lot of my coaching comes back to leaders asking, what do I do? I have this whole group of new people and they're not working the same as my last group of people did. I'll often ask them, so what, what are you doing differently? What have you tried? Do they understand why you're doing what you're doing? And I want to know why. I want to know uh, from the time I was two years old, someone said to me, do something. I'm not an obedient type. My first question was why, <laughs> right? We start from a very early age. Anyone that's got kids hears that. It, this isn't a new topic. It's not a millennial topic. It's not a Gen X topic. We want to know why. And, and I think it's because we have such access to information now. If you go to the doctor and, and they say, yeah, maybe you have uh, diabetes. First thing people do is go back and start Googling it and questioning the authority. But it's because they have so much information, they, they'll ask those questions. Whereas I'd say two generations ago, we just trusted the authority and we followed. Jump. Okay. Maybe it was how high. Now it's why and maybe a leap or skip. If that's not a compliance. <laughs> it's a curiosity and it's, a, it's an ask for for purpose. 
And, and I think leaders need to understand that. How do they do it? Being aware that, that it's important. Anybody, everybody wants to know why they're doing something or it just becomes work. And, and you get what you get in, in your example. I'll punch the clock and then I'll go do what I care about. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. My kids are 20. They want to work on something that matters. That's interesting. So just a bit of a st- history here. Well, Ryan, everybody in this conversation knows, but not the listeners. So, so I came to you with that question. I said, I just don't feel in this new group of people I'm working with the same as I felt in SmartFlow in the previous company. And now it sounds to me like it's a pattern. Everybody you work with comes in the same question. But to me, it was so unique. It's, it's so interesting that you actually see these patterns and people that are coming with similar problems. But again, is a bit of a history. What you explained to me is what, why are you doing this? And, and we had this meeting before the new years this year, where I basically told my story about the burnout and, and everything that happened with me that resonated with, I think almost everybody on the call. And, and I can feel it after that meeting that the company just transformed. Like it's not, you can't quantify, you can, but you can feel like people understand that there is something out there that they're doing together. And and our purpose in in the organization is to help veterinarians to decrease the burnout and to live their passion again, which is veterinary medicine. So that's that's what we are trying to do uh, through management methodology. So it was a phenomenal effect, but I can't bottle it and I can't explain what happened. So can you maybe dig a little deeper into psychology of it? Because how do you, like, I think it's whether I'm lucky that I was that bad burned out and this story is just so <laughs> pitiful that everybody, you know, almost cried in that meeting, but now they love me or, but what if the purpose is not, you know, helping people that are, you know, in that uh, degree of burnout, but if it's something to improve in this world, how do you really sell your purpose to another person in the large organization? So I'll go back to what I said earlier around purpose lives in stories. and. The reason stories are so important is they, they activate our imagination and our imagination is all pictures. And when we have a picture, we can, we can attach ourselves. We can get connected to something because it makes it real. Words, numbers are, are really relevant, but the picture is something we can see. And I, you know, I had a boss a few years ago and he, he says C, S-E-E was, was an acronym, stands for significant emotional event. When I can see it, I can feel it. And so if you think about building a company vision, it's not about wordsmithing the right slogan. It's about getting a statement that you can tell a story about that activates the emotional commitment in people. When you use your story, people could see you and they could see you in that space. And that brought them closer. I think that's where, as leaders, we have to be very good at A, being vulnerable and authentic letting people see us, telling stories and communicating effectively, letting them see our purpose, right? And and then living within that, letting them see that we are walking in the steps that we just defined or talked about. Stuart, it's it's great, I think, because our our listeners are in a unique situation that whether you're listening to the podcast as a veterinarian or if you're listening as an investor or an executive in a consolidator, we have a really, really wonderful and unique opportunity that there is this purpose and this passion that got 
all of the veterinarians and the veterinary technicians and everybody to spend that time working in the practice. So if we bring it back to that consolidation side of things, there's that wonderful opportunity for the executive teams to be able to rally around the purpose and the passion. And in my view, I think a lot of the consolidation is going to come down to what each consolidator's niche is, whether it's building the long-term legacy for the veterinarian, or if it's building a future for the next generation that they want to come up, or if it's building a place that's considered the best place for vet technicians to work. But I think everyone listening should feel hopeful that they have sort of that underlying idea of where their purpose can come from because of the passion that people already exist there. They're lucky that we're not talking about this is something just my opinion, manufacturing nuts and bolts. It's hard, That might be harder to have a, a true passion for those things just on my side of things. But for people that are coming from the veterinary world, there's already that passion that a lot of them had to get to where they are today. So cool to be able to build off of that, I think. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, my, my sister's a veterinarian. And and so... Oh, I didn't know that. that. Yeah, no, surprise on that one. But I've seen why she put all that hard work into becoming a veterinarian. I think there's people that do that because they care about, let's say, the animal. They have this passion to, to help the patient. And then we get into, you know, it's like most of us, we have a trade that we have a passion for, and then we get into work. And we become a manager, an owner, and it's like, oh, damn, now I have to run a business, right? That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to fix cats or I wanted to help the, the, the patient. And here I am having to manage budgets and blah, blah, blah. So I think that's really important. You're right, is to not only as the leaders, owners, consolidators, to know our passion and purpose, but we also have to know what wags the tail of our, our audience. If those don't align, it's Basically, in a values conflict. Yeah. Only it's a purpose conflict. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, as we uh, depicted before in, in some episodes, is one of the triggers for burnout. If you have a value conflict between your values and the values of the organization, eventually you can burn out. And people think it's just the, the load of work. But this is a, this is a great topic that, that you know, it's, it's hard to connect on that level with some of our clients because ultimately they are here to make money. And everybody understands that. And some of them have a great story. But unfortunately, that doesn't transpire into actions. And that's where the disconnect between the purpose and then what you do, what you say and what you do is different. That's where I think a lot of the time the disconnect is happening in our industry. And I'm sure that you've seen that before. So can you maybe comment on that? So, so I think you're absolutely right. Listen, let's be honest. We're in business we we want to make money is that's at the end that's a natural byproduct of of business uh, if we didn't want to do that we could go volunteer and do something else with our time as leaders however we have to say okay knowing i want to make money as the ultimate end what is going to help me make that money in the most effective way you know what connecting my people to purpose through process is the best way to do that we can't save our way to prosperity we can't whip and beat our way to prosperity, we have to lead. And the only way to lead is to set something out there that people are willing to go to willingly. Defining that purpose that says, you know, we want to make money, but we're choosing this place to make money. Hmm. I'm going to guess there's lots of really, lots of easier places to make money than consolidating veterinary clinics. 
That's that's a lot of work. Yep. So okay, if I'm going to do that, let's talk about why I chose this and why this is important to me, and and why I I'm going to use this mechanism to increase my 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 bottom line. Well, because I have a passion for the industry, or I have a passion for the people in the industry, or I I think we still have to reflect and identify that and. That's where it gets lost in many, many, many organizations. The big multinationals, they become diverse. They have so many people, so many levels. The purpose doesn't filter through all the levels clearly, right? It's, it's like a, a relay race. Relay races are won or lost at the handoff, right? It's not the runner. They're, they all run the same speed. The only thing that wins or loses a medal in a, in a 4 by 100 is how well we hand the baton. Well, it's no different in communicating a purpose through an organization. If we can't do that effectively and we lose a little bit and we leak a little bit at every handoff, by the time you get to the front line where the work happens, it's just a job again. And then you back to what you just said. It's burnout. I'm working hard for what? I love what you said about the byproduct. I'm going to use that. So money is just the byproduct. It's 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 so true. And then in everything, in the last at least two companies that I created, we didn't think first on how exactly we're going to make money. We knew that we're solving a problem that we're passionate about, and somehow the money will come. That's what I always told to my co-founder, which he didn't like. But <laughs> we made money eventually, and it it did become byproduct, a very good byproduct. But we were passionate about fixing something. We're running out of time. Every time I talk to you, we're running out of time, and we usually commit to 20-minute episodes. But I do want to ask before we ask last two questions we usually ask, you mentioned several times your personal purpose. What is your personal purpose? What did you choose to do to have your personal wealth as a byproduct? <laughs> so my personal purpose is to leave an impact in the lives that I touch. That's it. Just leave a positive impact. When I think of my organization of, of Shift Leadership, I'm coaching and developing leaders to leave a legacy of excellence where they've touched. My view is by, by coaching at a leadership level, for every leader I touch, I impact every person they, they interact with. That's awesome. And I think you have in our organization, so I, I appreciate that. Of course. Yeah. Well, I, I think we have two questions that we always like to ask. One is a book recommendation, something that people could read or, or take in to be able to get a better idea of some of the other things that you, that you think and that, that share your same thought process. So give me one book recommendation. I know you were thinking of a couple, but I'm going to have you narrow it to one. Okay, I was just going to answer it with three. So now you've really made it tough. I know. Well, it's it. It wouldn't be a tough. You know, this is hard hitting journalism. <laughs> so here's a book that I've read before, and I'm I'm currently audio audibleing it right now, and it's the Leadership Challenge by Kuzas and Posner. It's a great foundational book. It, it you, when you when you listen or read that one, you hear the flavor in many of the other business books that are out now. They've built on on the framework and foundation of Kuzas and Posner. That's awesome. All right, Stuart. And now the second question is, where should people go to learn more about shift leadership and, and your business? Best place to go is my, my website, shiftleadershipsolutions.com. It's been built around this concept. It, it talks about what I believe, what I don't believe. It really is focused on my passion and purpose. And so if you want to know more, that's that's where to go. And that's uh, the avenue to to make a direct connection as well. 
That's wonderful. Well, this is my first time getting to chat with you. I know Ivan gets to spend a lot of time with you and I, I really appreciate it. This is wonderful. I can hear so many of the things that you're talking about coming through in the way that, that we've been working. So thank you so much for your time. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate it as well, guys. This has been, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks, Jared. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at vetintegrations.com. 